Hi there, this is Kathleen, your host for the Virgin episode of Mindful Chatter. In this episode, we thought we'd touch on some of the questions that stood out for us during our brainstorming behind this podcast. And we want to give you a flavor of the kind of content you would like to create here. As a quick intro, this is Mindful Chatter presented to you by Steph, Vincent and Kathleen. Here on this podcast, we'll be chatting about everything related to mindfulness, both as a personal practice and as a way to create social impact. We're exploring ways to improve our self-awareness and social awareness so that we can ultimately do what is best for ourselves and society. If you like this podcast, the best way to support us would be to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate your comments, especially since we're just starting out in podcasting. You can also send this episode to a friend or share on social media by tagging us at Mindful Chatter HK on Instagram or our Facebook page, Mindful Chatter. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode one. Drum roll. Yay! Um, so to set the scene, we're going to start by exploring the question, what does mindfulness mean to each of us? Hi everyone, I'm Vincent and I'm a mental social entrepreneur and also a lawyer to be. So I'll be working as a training solicitor in the future. So it will be very necessary for me, for me to actually practice mindfulness in the daily work setting. So mindfulness to me is actually about finding the inner peace to actually observe ourselves in non-judgmental way to accept ourselves. So basically, I think it will be good to talk about what mindfulness is not first. So it is not specifically made for religions. For here, I'll introduce a bit about a doctor. He's called Dr. John Kabat-Zinn. So basically, he's the person who detached the practice of mindfulness from Hinduism, from Buddhism into a technique called MBSR, so mindfulness-based stress reduction technique. So this technique is actually very, very widely used in the Western world and also in many of the developed countries and actually treating people with chronic pain. So I think mindfulness is not about practice of religion. It is not about being counterproductive, being static, but actually it's about observing ourselves non-judgmentally. It's our mind's ability to observe ourselves without criticism or judgment. So it's about watching ourselves in a third party or a bird eye view. I think it is very important because it actually helps me or help people to focus onto the here and now. It gives us the ability to be present, to be in the moment, here and now, to be fully engaged with whatever we are doing. And this gives us calmness, peacefulness, and also productivity, I think, and get rid of anxiety, stress, etc. So I personally is a big fan of mindfulness. But um, I just like that many, many, many others are actually just on the journey of learning it. So yes, this is my personal interpretation of mindfulness. What do you guys think? Yeah. Hi, I'm Steph. I'm the second member of the team. (laughs) And I'm a clinical psychologist to be currently doing my master's degree. And just as Vincent said, I really like the idea that mindfulness is actually a way to be present in any moment that you're in. And I really agree with that. I don't think that mindfulness is necessarily taking away the noise, which is what a lot of the time we hear. Mindfulness is like, you know, sitting in a meditative position and trying to find your inner mindfulness guru 
that can be your idea of mind, but it's not the same for every person. And I think it's about finding that intuitive voice, that guiding force in whatever situation or circumstance that you're in. Like if you're in the supermarket line um, and you're, you know, you're just buying your groceries, doing your everyday things and you tune into yourself and you listen to the inner intuitive voice, I think that's what mindfulness means to me. Amidst the busyness, you are observing the thoughts and observing the process of life. So, yeah. <laughs> and we have Kat next. <laughs> yes, I forgot to introduce myself at the beginning. I'm Kathleen. I'm also a lawyer-to-be, although I'm near the end of my training contract. And I got certified as a yoga teacher a couple of years ago. So that was kind of how I stumbled across mindfulness in the beginning. And for me, I think mindfulness means paying attention in a particular way. So as Vincent and Steph suggested, there are different ways we can be mindful. Like you can pay attention to how you are feeling at this present moment. Or for some people, they can just pay attention to their thoughts. And so mindfulness doesn't necessarily mean clearing your mind. By tuning in with how we're feeling, we can start observing our patterns within the mind. So there's this distinction between the conscious and the subconscious mind. The numbers kind of vary, but for example, like if the subconscious mind is able to process around, I think, 40 million bits of information, the conscious mind is only able to process around 40 of them. And the filter really comes from the patterns and conditioned beliefs we developed from a very young age and that we keep reinforcing as time passes. So by identifying these patterns, we can know how exactly our minds function. And through that, we can observe our strengths and weaknesses. And depending on what kind of life we want to live and what kind of person we want to be, that will provide us with insights in terms of guiding us towards what benefits us the most. So I think mindfulness is a constant balancing exercise. It's not like, oh, today I have myself figured out, so I need this in life, and therefore I'm just going to do this for life. Because as time passes, we change every day, every hour, every second. And so mindfulness is about paying attention to whatever we want, we want to focus on from second to second in order to do what is best for ourselves every moment in life. Yeah, I love that, Kat. I really love that way of describing what mindfulness is, because I think a common thread in everything that each of the team members have said is that mindfulness is just about paying attention and to stay present in the moment that you're in. And it doesn't have to be anything like it's not, it's really a no frills kind of approach. You know, we're, we're not trying to say that, you know, you have to be peaceful. You have to be already have reached that goal of being completely peaceful. This is just about finding a space in your day. And I think this leads us nicely into our next question, which is what is meditation? And it's long the same thread, but we wanted to explore that a little bit more. So why don't we get started with Vincent. What do you think meditation is, Vincent? So first of all, I think it is not equal to mindfulness. So mindfulness, I believe, is a state. It's something that we want to practice. So meditation is about how we can achieve mindfulness. So an analogy, I think, would be meditation is about, let's say, going to the gym, bench press, for example. So <laughs> meditation can be about, let's say, doing bench press. And mindfulness is about hitting the gym. It's about 
getting good physique. So to me, meditation is actually a, a mental exercise that involves three very important components. So relaxation is the first one. The second one is focus. And the third one's about awareness. So it might sound very paradoxical or counterintuitive, right? So how can people relax and focus and aware at the same time? It might sound very difficult to normal people living in a city like Hong Kong, like where we have to be very stressed, very quick-paced, very, very effective all the time. But then I think this actually goes to my second point, which is I think meditation is actually a skill. It is a practice. It is about meditation practice. It's about doing it nicely, but it's not about meditating perfectly. It's not about doing it the perfect way because there's no such way as the perfect meditation way so i think uh, meditation is a skill that we can learn as to how we can learn that skill we can do that in any sort of setting it's about the internal attitude it's about how we respond to the external environment we can do that while walking focusing on our steps we can focus on our breath through sitting meditation or we can do eating meditation while focusing on the food and enjoying the food that we are having with no other mind focusing on other stuff. So I think this is just a meditation to me. So I agree with Vincent in that I think mindfulness is kind of a state of mind and meditation is a technique that gets us there. Although I would say at some point, perhaps when you've been meditating long enough, every moment becomes a meditation. And at that point, meditation kind of becomes mindfulness itself because you're constantly meditating, so you're constantly mindful. I just want to touch on the different types of meditation. So different people classify different meditations different ways. The way I see it, there are three types. The first type is attention-based meditation. So that's like the traditional seated meditation. Or even when you're doing a walking meditation, you're focusing on the steps. You could be focusing on your breath. You could be focusing on anything. And that's why meditation can really be practiced in everyday life as long as you find a focus. The second type is intention-based meditation. So that's where you do visualizations. For example, if you're just a very simple example, say you're feeling extremely upset then you might want to try to picture the counterfactual and visualize somewhere where you find peace and happiness or by repeating mantras or affirmations like i am happy i am happy and the third type would be investigation based meditations which are more contemplative this is where you actually allow your mind to go deep into thoughts by asking yourself important questions in life like what's my life purpose or who am I that kind of thing all kinds of meditations they're kind of like different options on a menu you can mix and match as you like from day to day so there isn't one fixed meditation practice that works for everyone every single day Thanks for saying that, Kat, because I was just going to add um, and add to what you were saying and talk about how, from a personal standpoint and the kinds of meditations that I practice, I definitely incorporate a couple of different practices. I have the classic seated meditation, but I also definitely like to explore, you know, moving meditation. And I also have a form of like musical meditation, like playing the piano and singing. Um, and I find myself in this place of like stillness and peace, which I would really 
consider to be a meditative state. And I think ultimately for me, um, I think that a meditation is finding a flow state, just a place where you're able to connect to an inner voice. I like to talk about it like responding to the sound of your own inner drum. Um, It's kind of like moving to the voice inside you and just nourishing that because I think meditation ultimately is how we connect to just outside. You know, there are lots of noises around us, but we don't spend a lot of time listening to what's inside and our bodies are actually very wise. They tell us a lot of things. And so meditation just means listening from my perspective. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. So we've actually been talking a lot about what mindfulness meditation is about and how we can actually make use of them as a technique, as a skill to help ourselves. But then my question to you, maybe to the two of you would be then, what would be the impact or what would be the effect of mindfulness in creating social impact and actually making the world a better place? Because there's been a lot of people saying mindfulness meditation is actually a lot about self-centeredness it's about paying more attention to ourselves less about the world so do you think it's selfishness do you think it's self-centeredness or do you think people has been interpreting that maybe a bit narrowly and inaccurately maybe we can begin with staff i guess Yeah, I would say in terms of how mindfulness can help us create social impact, I really believe in the saying, which is, um, you can't pour from an empty cup. And as Vincent was saying, a lot of times we might take that as a statement of self-centeredness. We're trying to say, you know, that classic analogy of you have to take the oxygen mask first before you can help someone else. And I think when I was younger, I definitely was like, but, you know, shouldn't we help the other person? You know, we hear all of these, you know, voices of what it means to be an ethical person and to be a kind person. And I definitely wondered that when I was younger. I was like, why? Why? Like, shouldn't I give masks to other people first? All that kind of stuff. But then I realized as I started to grow up and really understood what burnout is and getting to the end of my work span and just my energy levels dipping because I was getting to that, you know, that limit of mine that I realized that it's so important to find time for yourself to, you must listen to what your sense of purpose is, um, your sound of intuition, the sound of your own drum before you can carry forth whatever your mission is. So spending that time to listen to what it is that really moves you and how you can best use your own skills, the ones that you've worked hard for, you know, the ones that you're passionate about to give back to the community is really the best way to do that. So just, you know, from a personal standpoint, as a you know psychologist to be, I will think about oh what is something that I'm really excited and passionate about that you know I what are some of the skills that I currently have that already equip me to give back, and then you know now I've found a group of people who can like Kat and Vincent <laughs> just to help me and we can help each other fill in the gaps that we might not currently have the skills for, and as a team we can make an impact. This question is something I still struggle with. Going back to the traditional, so the Buddhist roots of mindfulness, the practice was intended as a way for us to dissolve our sense of self and find unity with other people. So for example, like if you see someone drowning in the water, the idea is if you have this sense of unity with other people, you'll see that person who is drowning as an extension of yourself and therefore be more willing to help, have more compassion and empathy. But the way this effect or change through mindfulness happens 
in order for it to trickle across society, it takes a lot of time. It takes everyone on board with practicing mindfulness and developing that kind of empathy, which is becoming an issue for some people because this very self-centered practice requires everyone to be on board. And a lot of the social problems that we have now, we can't wait forever for everyone to be mindful in order to solve this issue. So there's a saying that like mindfulness or Buddhism has become very good at rescuing people who are drowning in the water, but we haven't figured out why exactly so many people are drowning in the water in the first place. And a lot of stresses and suffering in society aren't necessarily inflicted by the individuals, but there could be some systemic problems. So for example, in the case of people drowning, why don't we teach people to swim? So that's where the concept of civic mindfulness comes in. Um, Instead of just focusing on ourselves and working on ourselves, we still do that. But at the same time, we look at the social issues and ask ourselves, what can we do better as society in order to alleviate all this suffering? So I think that's how I see mindfulness as a potential tool for creating social impact. It's the concept of civic mindfulness. What exactly that means, that's why I'm here on this podcast to explore this concept. Yeah, I think it's very great. I really want to follow Kathleen's mentioning about the concept of the, basically, it is still about, we still have to help the society, but then it's just that we observe ourselves first. So it is about the order of impact. So there's a Chinese saying for English speaking only audience. So sorry about that, but basically it's called So basically what it means is we have to take care of ourselves first in order to um, take care or give positive impact to people around us and then to give positive impact to the society, to the community, to the country and to the world. So I think this actually has a lot of intelligence in this very simple saying. And that is we have to take care of ourselves first in order to help others. Because if we cannot take care of ourselves, there's nothing can be done in addition. So my personal example would be because the reason why I'm starting this podcast with two very beautiful spirits is because of my personal experience in mental issues. So I've had anxiety in the past. And my biggest takeaway is that the more I want to get rid of it, the more I want to focus on the work on the productivity, the harder hit I get. So basically, when I have anxiety, when I cannot deal with my inner self, I cannot deal with any external thing. I cannot deal with my work. I cannot deal with my revision. I cannot be productive. I'm done. So basically, if I do not take care of my being, I cannot do anything. And that's the same for my social entrepreneurship. So I think an analogy that we've always been talking about is we have to take care of our kitchen first in order to actually serve the food to the client. We cannot get the kitchen if we cannot get the food all right. No matter how beautiful we build the kitchen, how much money we spend on actually making the interior design, people won't care about it, right? Because it is the value, the intrinsic value that we can give to other people that actually give the impact to community. And we focus on ourselves first. And then it's all about the order. We focus on ourselves first. And when we focus on, self, on ourselves, be more mindful, be more aware of ourselves, and then we have more capacity to actually care about the people and to give impact to the society, I think. So this is my two cents on how we can make use of mindfulness to create social impact. 
I love all these analogies we have. We have the kitchen analogy, we have the oxygen mask analogy, and we have the drowning people analogy. Um, so I guess the final question would be, what do you hope to, what kind of impact do you have to hope to create through this podcast? So basically, I've been doing a lot on mental health stuff as a social entrepreneur. Like maybe I'll be a part-time social entrepreneur in the future. Who, like, but it's actually becoming my lifestyle. So what I want to do is actually to make professional mental health or mental wellness more accessible to the public. Like either people who are aware of uh, having the need in that or people who are actually unaware of it, but then who, are, who might be suffering a bit from it or who aren't even aware of suffering from it. Um, so basically to give more professional psychological insight or more mindfulness exploration to the society together. The reason of that is because in the past, I've been seeing clinical psychologists in Hong Kong, and I believe is actually more about money making, if I may say so, than actually helping the society. For example, let's say I need to, like in the past, I go to a clinical psychologist for one session, which cost me 2,000 Hong Kong dollars per hour. Of course, it hasn't very effective, I'd say, but then the fact that I have to pay for two thousand Hong Kong dollars per session and then there's no uh, follow-up actions and I have to deal with my anxiety alone is actually quite troublesome to me and it's quite dispiriting in my journey of getting my mental health and happiness. So I think this is where I want to bring the sort of Thich Nhat Hanh into the scene. So he is actually a Vietnamese monk. In the past he actually founded the Plum Village in France so I really adore his philosophy in the sense that mindfulness, meditation should not be a narrow, specific or professional skills or insight, but it should be promoted to the entire population, to whoever need it. So I think perhaps through this podcast, then we're not here to teach any one of you. We're just here to explore the notion of making mindfulness and mental wellness more popular amounts all of us so we're on this learning journey together yeah i completely agree with what vincent was saying and similarly to him i definitely want to increase accessibility to mental health resources definitely something i'm really passionate about and i definitely so believe in that everyone needing to and deserving to have access to mental well-being as vincent was also saying we really want to emphasize that this is an exploratory journey that we're embarking on together so we really hope for this platform to be interactive. We hope that you'll engage with us, email us, message us through our various social media platforms so that we can hear what you're thinking and what you want us to talk about. And then, you know, we want to normalize these conversations about mental health and well-being. We want everyone to get involved. We want everyone to be able to access these conversations. So share it with your friends. <laughs> yep. We're still at this point in time, we still haven't finalized like our intro and our ending call for action, but we put a lot of thought into it. So please do share this podcast if you find it helpful. But I think for me, like I said, I was struggling a lot with moving mindfulness as a concept from me to we. So for me, this podcast is kind of like a step outside the comfort zone, trying to see how can I bring all the things I've learned from other people to help other people who may find it helpful. And I really believe that the answer or how mindfulness looks like 
will be different for each and every one of us. So in listening to this podcast, I would take everything with a pinch of salt, but just find whatever is useful. And our biggest hope is that everyone can find whatever works for them in order to become more in tune with what they need or what their community needs so that we can really maximize the potential of at both an individual level and at a collective level. And that's a wrap, everyone. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe for more. And again, if you could leave us a rating and review, that would help us reach more people who could benefit from this podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have, anything you want to hear more about in the future. Please do drop us a line on Instagram at MindfulChatterHK or our Facebook page, Mindful Chatter. You can also email us at mindfulchatterhk at gmail.com. And in the meantime, take care, be mindful. We look forward to having you back on our next Mindful Chat.